Hello and welcome to the Sports In Podcast. Hello, my name is Patrick Fletcher, and as ever, I'm joined by Chris Ainsco. Chris, how are we, and how was London? I'm good, thanks, Paddy. And yes, London was good, thank you. Uh, Booze-infused weekend, shall we say? <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was good fun, thank you. Yeah, yeah, very good fun, and good to see people I haven't seen for a while as well. So, good, uh, good laugh. How is Rochdale been? <laughs> <laughs> from london to rochdale from london to rochdale yeah no really good mates and um yeah changing jobs for me so exciting stuff i was going to ask as well what uh, about london what 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 gig was it was it a good gig oh yeah it was um all points east festival i don't know if you've heard of it but um yeah sort of uh foals bombay bicycle club were the main two on it but it was uh yeah a good weekend cheers love that mate um yeah, Rochdale, you know, it was <laughs> a great place. It's a great place, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of uh, service stations and um, <laughs> was basically my my two days, I think, if I was to describe it. Um, but actually, we, we played the FA Youth Cup last night for the under-18s and we actually got through. Because the first two years I've been in the under-18s, we've lost in the first round, so uh, it was nice to... To get to round two, well, the preliminary round two stage. First round proper incoming. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Look out. Yeah, they've already promised us a minibus for the next round away from home. Poor, so splashing the cash. <laughs> so we're back for the second week. Uh, week one was okay. Have you heard any feedback off anyone? About week uh, one? I've not, but no news is good news. <laughs> I think Sometimes. so, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I haven't heard anything either. I have a a funny, I forgot to tell you this actually, even on Messenger. Um, But, you know, last week you said um, we're not even going to do the pass the pod thing. Oh, yeah. When I uploaded that onto our account, I happened to glance down and it's been listened to in Spain (laughs) by someone, which is a new one. And I don't know where on earth that link is. That's class, that is. But uh, that's funny. Yeah. Tickled me, that did. Oh, I've got an idea. Sam Aimer was in Tenerife. Oh, uh, do you think he'd have listened to it in Tenerife? That's a shout. I don't know when this. I might, what, I might when message did he, him. When did he go? He went. Do you remember he went last week because we played golf yeah. with him in the morning. We recorded it, and then he went the next day. Oh, so it could be Sammy Aimer. There we all right. That's that's a good shout. Yeah. Oh, there, we, yeah. there we go then we'll look into it but if yeah. you are Mr Spain let go. us know or Mrs Spain <laughs> um, so I have on the background got the telly on and it's the cricket and that's obviously the first topic we're going to talk about India at the moment Chris 122 for 6 Okay, they've had another wicket since we yeah. Um, exchanged our uh, yeah, notes. <laughs> we have, yeah. Coley obviously dismissed. That was a big wicket. Um, but the, I didn't realise, actually, that I thought it was only four tests, but you've confirmed with me it's five tests. So that's even more exciting um, for the series. 
feels a bit like a, an Ashes tour five test, doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. You're not wrong. But um, yeah, the third test match at Headingley, obviously England won, and they won comfortably. Really, they bowled India out for seventy-eight. And I remember the question to you was right: if England, you know, is their test career, is their test sides becoming now of a bit of a the past? But are we seeing a little bit of a change now? The last two tests, England have sort of dominated. Well, they're dominating this test so far. They've dominated the last test. You know, uh, maybe did we speak too soon? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Um, but yeah, definitely the the standard of the bowling seems to be at a good good point at the moment. Chris Wokes is back in the attack, isn't he? A um, couple yeah. of wickets today. But yeah, I guess time will tell, won't it, with that? But um the initial signs are that Test cricket's healthy if you go off the past few days. So, yeah, uh, you say Chris Wokes as well. Ollie Robinson, he's yeah. been uh, terrific. I've just seen a stat actually. He's took eighteen wickets uh, this series, which is the highest any bowler between England and India. Oh wow, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um, so Ollie Robinson, I think he got Coley as well. So he, uh, yeah, he, I think he could be a bright star for England. Oh, good stuff. The Paralympics, Chris. You, ma- you managed to yeah. watch any of it? I've not actually watched uh, watched any of it, but I did see the headline. Was it this morning or yesterday? Um, that Sarah's story, wasn't it, became GB's most decorated Paralympian um, with how many gold? Seventeen. Seventeen. And looking it, looking it up afterwards, the previous record was well obviously 16 because <laughs> he's broken it um but that was that has been standing since 1988 and it was a swimmer um can't remember his name off the top of my head so obviously it's a long-standing record as well um was the swimmer mike kenny chris it's in mike kenny <laughs> could have been indeed fletch <laughs> been reading up uh, bit of research yeah, on chris so he, he was in the swimming pool in, back in the uh the 70s and 80s so Congratulations to him. I think I think that's brilliant. You know what a story that is. Um, I th- the Sky Sports actually did a did a story on it, and I think they interviewed the mum or the dad, one of the parents. And you know, you just must be so proud. You know, if you had a well, their child obviously producing the amount of gold medals with obviously a disability. I think it's just incredible, mate. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good stories in the Paralympics as well, and it doesn't often get a lot of attention. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Stories of comebacks and obviously uh, heartbreaks to rags to riches and stuff that stuff. So yeah, it's it's good. You mentioned there it doesn't get a lot of applauded or doesn't get a lot of coverage. So my question to you is, why on Channel Four? Why haven't BBC sort of bought the rights for it? Do you think? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, really. Um, yeah, whether because everyone, I feel like whenever people do see bits of it, everyone kind of stands back in awe of it a little bit, um, kind of the achievements. And yet, if you asked 95% of people, probably, they wouldn't wouldn't have watched much of it this this year. So it's it's a strange one, isn't it, really? I think it is. And also, this, it's a strange one for me that, that it's on after the Olympics. I know, obviously, it can't be on, you know, at the same time, but having it after the Olympics, I think everyone gets a buzz, don't they? 
during the Olympics. And then it's a little bit of a come down maybe the week mm. after. Uh, and then maybe because the Paralympics is on, I don't know, did people not have time to watch it or, you know, because obviously people are going back to school now as well. It's, uh, I don't know. Especially after two it's, weeks of the Olympics, like all day, it's all all day and there's always yeah. something on for two weeks. Um, so whether it's it full on. just feels like another extension of that and people are like, oh, we've already seen the Olympics. I don't know. Um, yeah, time will time will tell whether it'll change. I, I highly doubt it will change because it's been going on there for what seems yeah. to be forever. So just because two lads from the sporting <laughs> podcast <laughs> reckon it should change, it won't. Oh dear. Um, well, speaking of obviously Sarah, Sarah's story is a female and the female game in in different sports. Obviously, we mentioned the cricket and the hundred, but I think we also should mention the women's super league because. I know we mentioned it a few times in series one and maybe a bit over the specials, but this is becoming increasingly popular. And am I right in saying that they're going to be broadcasting soon? The women's super league of free, free air it's, for everyone. We, yeah, we, so way back, probably the middle of series one, wasn't it? I seem to remember they announced the deal, um, that the bit between the BBC and other broadcasters, um, that a certain amount of matches were going to be televised at this women's super league. And the first one is actually this weekend. So that what we talked about then is coming into plan now. Um, so, yeah, we've got Everton versus Man City at Goodison Park. This is the first game on free, to, like sort of network television. I think it was the term okay. used in the, uh, the thing. So, and that's the first of 22 matches on the BBC for this upcoming season. Um, Fantastic. So, yeah, Everton, Man City at Goodison on Saturday. Ah, Goodison. Um, yeah, it's good that the BBC, Chris, have got that coverage, um, especially for obviously people don't don't have Sky, don't have BT. Uh, maybe in the future, they they you know Sky or BT could be looking at it, thinking this could be a an avenue to go into. But definitely for BBC, I think that's fantastic that they managed to get the rights. Yeah, if you, I think because it's obviously growing, isn't it? The Women's Super League um, to have it that people can just flick on BBC. You know, that any families anywhere, and then yeah, it'll grow from there. But hopefully, it stays that way as well, doesn't it? And gets people into it. Um, and also, I think some big, big name players uh, are in the competition as well this year. I think some signings is it Frank Kirby? Is that a name? Frank Kirby's one of them. Okay. Um, and there's a few other big names that have come into the Super League, and I think that will help as well. But we mentioned Carrie Jones in Series One. Um, I wonder if she'll be looking to get in, maybe break into the first team. Is she? I know she was on the bench quite a lot last season, wasn't she? Yeah, definitely on the right trajectory, wasn't she? So, again, a local, uh, a local girl doing really well. Indeed. Well, this is an interesting one this week. Super Six. Um, there's a few postponed matches, so we've we've only actually got a Super Four, <laughs> if you will. Um, and it's not Premier League, with obviously the international break going on at the moment. So the Super 4 fixtures, Cheltenham, MK Dons, we will start. And what an absolute belter this game could be. <laughs> Cheltenham, <laughs> MK Dons. Cheltenham know more for the races than their football. Um, yeah, what are you going for there? Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a home win, Fletch. Um, the interest in this is something... Uh, so- this is, we're in League One here, and um, Cheltenham centre half assigned for Wrexham. 
recently, which is an interesting drop, isn't it? A lot of that's happening. League One to Wrexham, which we'll probably talk. We can probably talk Here about comes another time. The money. <laughs> Someone told me the other day. Um, yeah, the oil money, even though it's two actors yeah. from Hollywood. Um, oil money wrecks him. Uh, yeah, I'm diverted away from the big question here, which is my prediction. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, 2-0 Cheltenham here. Confident. Yeah, I'm also going with you, uh, but MK Dons to score. So 2-1 home win. Well, we move on to Who Are They versus Shrewsbury. I'm only joking. It's Accrington Stanley, of course. Um, Daniel Ado, he scores goals, nil-nil. <laughs> You're backing him then? Uh, no, it's no nil nil, mate. I can't see Shrewsbury scoring a goal. They've struggled, haven't they? Shrewsbury. Yeah. So I've done a bit of research. Four defeats, one win. Right. Oof. That's uh, that's helped me out there. Um, I'm going to go a one nil Stanley win. Okay. Wimbledon, Oxford. Now, Wimbledon, obviously, uh, back in the day with Vinnie Jones, 1988 FA Cup winners, beating Liverpool 1-0 on the day. Uh, they haven't really improved since 30 years on, 40 years on. So, ooh, 1-1. 1-1. I'm going to go an away win here. I'm going to go um, Oxford to sneak it 2-1. Interesting stat about Oxford. They took Newcastle United all the way uh, last year in the FA Cup. Why are you laughing at me? No, we're making this sound like an FA Cup draw. You know, when they pull the numbers out <laughs> and they give a fact about that team they've written down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Crouch tried it, didn't he? Got a lot of gin for that off uh, Stark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stark, making him sound like Tony Stark. I mean, Chris Stark, for those who uh, don't have a clue what I've just said. Chris Stark of Radio 1. Um, it's your boys now, Chris, Carlisle. This is the best big one. Isn't it? On. Saved the best till last year. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a comfortable 3-0 uh, win. <laughs> 3-0? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've actually gone 2-1 Salford. I mean, I've been that end uh, this week up in Rochdale and I know they talk highly of Salford. Uh, I might have just made that up, but no, Carlisle won, Salford two. Right, the fantasy football. Now, obviously there's no fantasy football this week, but we can review last week and we both went with someone who actually did well. Yes. A big round of applause there because we we normally pick someone who, <laughs> to be honest, doesn't do anything or or gets a red card in Ollie Watkins. Uh, yeah, I remember that one that you chose. So Mikel Antonio, Chris, a goal and an assist. Yeah, a good uh, a good day at the office for the two of us there, wasn't it? I feel a rare good day. Yeah, um, yeah we'll take it. <laughs> and luckily, we don't we have to do it this it. week. We'll have a week off no, we after our good it. week. I, I, just a quick mention there, Connor Gallagher. Now, he signed for Crystal Palace in the same game that Antonio did well, and Conor Gallagher got a break that day. Um, could he be someone who fires Palace into a bit of a top 10 finish? It's early to tell, isn't it? But, um, yeah, there's a lot of people talking highly of him after that game. Um, so, I know we talked about Palace a fair bit last week, didn't we? Um, so, they'll probably need, need someone like him to have a good season. And, yeah, see where it goes. 
staying with Palace, they had a really good deadline day. Uh, they've signed Osman Edward from Celtic. Uh, and interestingly, he's only 23, Chris. I feel like Edward's been around for a while in the Scottish Prem. Um, yeah. So he will join Christian Benteke and join Nayu for that striker position. And I think Palace, I obviously mentioned that Palace could go down and, and I still think they, they could, but maybe Osman Edward could bring them some uh, important goals. He could. And if it's a club in that position, I think we'd usually, but there's still the question there of, will he do it in the Prem or something? Obviously come from a different league, uh, the Scottish Premier League. Um, but yeah, that could be interesting to see how it unfolds because obviously they're going to need goals. Um, so speaking of deadline day, little game for you now. So if you had to choose one player in any division, in any country, in any part of the world on deadline day and you had all the money in the world, who would it be? Ooh, uh, <laughs> that is a big, um, <laughs> a big call, Pat. Um, I think you've got to go a bit for shirt sales, haven't you, as well? <laughs> yeah. Agreed, uh, especially at Carlisle. Yeah, so in that case, in that case, you'd probably go, you'd probably go someone like Messi. Um, but yeah, for the few in terms of the future, a certain Mbappe would probably do a job. I think. Okay. Up there. Yeah. Have you put much thought to that question? Yeah, I'd go Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland, yeah, yeah, yeah to join Liverpool out of anyone, I think would be him. Yeah. So there you go, just a little uh, little game for you there. Well, we just mentioned um, our deadline day signings that we'd have. A little bit of transfer talk now, because on deadline day, I know I've mentioned Edouard, but I thought Everton, Everton did some really good business. I don't know if you uh, noticed this. But then I woke up this morning and I saw that Everton tried to sign Donny van den Bake on loan from Man United. Oh, did they? And it, yeah, and it just never, apparently it just never like came to anything. Apparently United just said no. And and I thought, oh, I thought if Everton would have got that over the line, that would have been even better. And I, I really think Everton fans could have high hopes this season. I know we touched on them a bit last year, but they, I think Everton have signed really well, Chris. Um and I think with Rafa's tactics and the fans back in the stadium, I think Everton could have a real good push. And for me, the biggest transfer for them is Damari Gray. I know he wasn't signed on transfer deadline day, but I think he's come in and he's doing really well and he could be a success story for Everton. That's a, like a, one in particular, which is a, a interesting one to see how it pans out because sort of fell out of favour at Leicester, didn't he? Um mm-hmm. Sort of on the on the fringes, almost. Then went out on loan, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, if, if that if he does well there, that's um, that'd be a really interesting one. And he did score, didn't he? All right, saying the weekend, Damari Gray. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, be interesting. Interesting that one. They signed Rondon on deadline day, which brings Rafa and Rondon back together. <laughs> yeah. Which club were Rafa and Rondon? Together at it's two, isn't it? Is it Newcastle? Well, Newcastle, yeah. And then he went to West Brom, but he followed him to China, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
when he was in China, he signed Rondon then. Oh, gosh. So yeah. he really likes him then. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they've got a little bromance going on. That's one of those uh, hairy red net moments yeah. with uh, Bobby Zamora <laughs> yeah. and Cranchard. Bring the, bring the gang back together, Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, Welsh Pre- we'll stay on football because Welsh Premier League has hit a, hit a, I'd say, a good start in terms of goals, action, red cards. But I just wanted your thoughts on Newtown's start to the season. Yeah, so I think it was a, a steady start initially, wasn't it? The first couple. Although the TNS won the first games. Uh, well, it was first game, I think. Um, obviously, a 4-0 defeat. No, 4-1 defeat. Um, but yeah, they've gone back-to-back wins. Um, with a recent 5-0 win against Kevin Druids, Pat. So, um, yeah, fortunes are looking up. I, I like... Um... The way Newtown do business, obviously they've signed Aaron Williams from Telford. They've obviously signed the big David Cottrell, um, and they've kept some good leaders in the squad. Would you say, especially Craig Williams? He's obviously well, so loyal to Newtown. It's it's brilliant, and uh, and played with them in Europe. But yeah, I like the way Newtown do things. Obviously, we know um, Ellie, the chairman. And I can see Newtown being more successful as we go along the years, if that makes sense. Because I feel like they've got a balance of youth and experience in their squad. I see where you're coming from. To chuck on top of that as well, I think um, we've touched on it in the past as well. I really liked it, especially last year, when it seemed like they were a good chunk of the team were like really local as well. So you had lads from like Abermule, it's a couple from Newtown, aren't they, itself? Yeah, I just felt yeah. That's the bit element I liked as well. On top of what you just mentioned there, um, so yeah, I feel like they've they've always been yeah they've always had the foundations, haven't they? Probably a way of putting it. Um, yeah, and they'll always be, I think, a Welsh Premier League team unless something drastic happens. I can't see them going down. Yeah, it's it's interesting with the Welsh Premier, isn't it? Because you've got um, obviously money coming in with like TNS are full time, aren't they? Um, I think Connor's key went full time as well. Yeah. So competing is only going to get harder. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see where the Welsh Premier League will end up. Um, it's probably a rabbit hole we can go down another time, but it's um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Mm. And I um, I like that obviously uh, Callum Roberts, George Hughes, two local lads that well, one we've had on the podcast. They're obviously doing well at Newtown and getting some uh, success there, which is good for them boys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, regular football as well. So it's it's good. Before we leave Fletch, should we get a fact of the day in? Um, FO, mate. So ties in a little bit with um, recent events. But in 2001, Michael Schumacher uh, guided his Ferrari home to secure victory at Spa in Belgium, to secure his record 52nd Formula One victory. Jesus, 52nd? Yeah. So I think that's the record that... Obviously, he went on to win more then, didn't he? Um, Did he get to... I can't remember what he actually reached, whether that was his last. But um, it was only been eclipsed, didn't it, by... Eclipsed by Hamilton, I think Mm. we mentioned. Um, 
So it's, yeah, a, it's a good fact of the day, Chris, because that was 2001, 20 years on, and we we can talk about the Belgian Grand Prix for sort of different reasons. Yeah, the the, the shambles that <laughs> went on there by the sounds of it was actually, like you said, away the weekend, so I didn't actually see any of it, but just read all about it then. Yeah, same as me. I I, I didn't watch it, but um, it was again, it was on Sky Sports News, and it, I mean, the weather looked atrocious, eh? Uh, B, what's going on with this rule that they send them out for a few laps just forget just to get a result when you can't overtake? Yeah, it's, it's just a formality they seem to have to do. But yeah, there was obviously a bit of uproar about driver safety afterwards. Um, so I think there'll be obviously more talk to come on that and uh, probably rule changes, etc. I I just want to compare. I can only compare it to football, really, where if ever there was a game postponed, they wouldn't go, oh, lads, play two minutes just to um, just to get a result. You know, they'll play it a different day. Now, I know yeah. the racing calendar and it's difficult. You've got to go abroad or you've got to go. I get that. But surely there's a place in the calendar to to put Belgium back in. Yeah. It you know. seems, uh, seems daft and it just cancel it. <laughs> I think so, mate. I think so. But, so what does that mean then? Because Hamilton finished third. Who Who won the race? I don't actually know. Um, yeah, this is the thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, just, <laughs> just pointless, uh, basically. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, I agree, mate. It's not, day, but... in it, for me, that needs to change. Again, they're not going to listen to two lads from Sporting Podcast. But, you, you never know. know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, boys. Just change Just change that. Whoever's the CEO of Formula One, just get that done. Get that done. <laughs> And also, I, I thought we should quickly touch on the internationals. Uh, Wales, I didn't see their game nil-nil at Finland. They've got two big games coming up, Belarus and Estonia. I think they need six points, really. Uh, yeah, have they got in their group, Belgium and Czech Republic? Austria. Oh, Czech, sorry, Austria. Czech Republic, yeah. Czech Republic? No, no, Scotland, they got Austria. Yeah. Um, yeah, so big week ahead for them. And England, Hungary tonight. You're going to be watching. England face Hungary this evening. Uh, yeah, might stick a bit of it on. Um, and then that's followed by two more qualifiers. Well, they've got three qualifiers. They're friendly um, with Andorra and Poland. So interesting. Could be nine points there for England. Usually do really well in qualifying. <laughs> 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 so yeah, the, the Poland game would be a tougher ask, but yeah, we'll see how it just. Rolls. Just while we're on the international, sorry, Chris. Um, what what's your make of this? Quite, what's the word I'm looking for? The calendar being quite um, full on. You know, having three massive qualifying games and then having to go straight back to your club and play, for example, a Saturday lunchtime game or whatever it is. What what's your view on that? It does seem a little bit daft, um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, it's better. <laughs> I know they have to play the friendlies as well to get used to the shape of what the country play, whatever. But I just don't get it when football associations organise friendlies as in these breaks as well. <laughs> On top of, so yeah. like in Wales' situation, that friendly against Finland. It just seems to me like they're not helping the situation anymore. Um, but yeah, you, they've got to do it. But I mean, yeah, after the summer, the summer um the Euros, etc. It's just probably not needed. I agree. 
And the last thing I wanted to mention as well, speaking of not needed, uh, a few Premier League clubs have agreed to not send their players out, um, especially to Brazil. Red uh, I know yeah, Liverpool, yeah, the red list country. I know Liverpool are heavily involved in that. They're not allowing Alisson, Fabinho or Firmino, albeit he's injured, to go out. Um, and I think Brazil are taking a little bit of action I think the Premier, towards yeah. that. Yeah, like you said, I think it was a Premier League decision as well, wasn't it? Everyone in the league um, agreed. Red list countries, no, no. But it's just, it's another thing that's a sign of the times, isn't it? Um, What can you do about it? It's, yeah, hard to to find a way around it. But in Brazil's situation, you'd be (laughs) a bit (laughs) miffed, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, exactly. This is the thing. But interestingly, Villa... I've allowed Buendia and Martinez to go out to Argentina, which I I think is a red list country, or they're going out to a red list country, but Villa have allowed it. Oh, oh I don't know. I'm so not too it's, sure. It's there. odd. It's really odd. But again, debate could go on and on. And as far as I'm concerned, Premier League clubs could be punished and therefore we wouldn't have them for the first fixtures of the game week four anyway. Oh. See how that one. Uh, see how that one goes. So, quick prediction then tonight: Hungary, England. Two uh, 0 Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Okay, I'll go four. See, watch this four nil. space. <laughs> four nil to Hungary. No, I'm just yeah, yeah, we're not. He's yeah. not very good at these. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for listening and we look forward to bringing the next episode to you in a week's time. Thanks as ever to Black Market uh, for their unbelievable music and talents from the boys. Thank you very much. And Chris, I believe that that is that. That's that. It's been a a very... um, What's the word for this podcast? We kind of just... We've gone down all sorts of roads, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> oh, a breeze, bit, yeah. Chris. It's been a, a breeze. breeze. Yeah. A joy. Um, <laughs> a joy. Yeah, no, um, yeah. cheers, Paddy, and we'll be back next week, no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, I did, it did dawn on me earlier today. There's a certain Ryder Cup um, in a couple of weeks' time, isn't there? There is, isn't it? It could be a little special, shall we say? <laughs> Um, yeah why not Chris why not we'll see yeah um, it'll be next week or the week after that we'll be finding out who the Ryder Cup captains have picked for their um, captain picks is that what they call it yeah captain picks yeah the four so yeah I, and yeah why not let's do it it starts on a Thursday doesn't it so and that's when we really well that's when we'll be recording our pod I think. yeah yeah it might be the Friday it's a three day thing um, with the format, but we'll see. We'll cross that bridge. It's mid, late September anyway, so of course we'll yes, get a three-day format. We'll get planning and uh, and bring that to you soon. Nice one. Well, it was London last weekend. Anything this weekend? Um, no, back down to reality. I think you golfing, golfing in Redditch. Golfing weekend, Redditch. There yeah, we go. look forward to that. Yeah. With lefties, play best. There we go. And on that note... (laughs) On that note, goodbye.